Hello and welcome. The name of this podcast series is Taboo Truths and Tales. So why these particular T words are all in the title, you may may want to know. Fair question. It's because this podcast deals with subject matter considered to be taboo. This podcast deals with a person's perception of truths. And this podcast deals with storytelling tales of fiction told by an individual. You need to choose for yourself what you perceive as truths versus tales because very often in real life that distinction is not crystal clear. This podcast is marked explicit. What that means, you should not listen to this podcast if you happen to be under the age of 18 or if someone under age 18 is listening there with you. Explicit means nobody under age 18 should be listening to this podcast series. So here we go. Taboo Truths and Tales is hosted by Madeira D'Souza. That's me. Some of you may know me by my nickname as Woody. Whatever you want to call me, I welcome you here to this podcast, which is definitely intended for people who are 18 or older. Thank you. Now let's get started. And now, here is another taboo tale. Listen to this narrated story called Moonlight. This story was written by Don Norman. Chuck Strasser came into the gay men's bar known as the Trisexual last Friday on my shift, at about 11.30. Ordinarily, this would be an event of no great significance. Lots of my friends stop by to dish the dirt or bullshit on weekends. When I'm not busy, which is seldom a problem, it makes the time go by faster. But Chuck is someone I've had a considerable crush on for some time now. He's one of these tall, broad, dark-haired, corn-fed boys from the Midwest who lost his innocence and his baby fat simultaneously when he moved to the big bad city. Fresh country meat is a hard-won commodity these days, and I figured from the first moment I met him, Chuck wouldn't be out on the market for long. He wasn't. An old fuck buddy of mine named Stuart Bakersfield, a well-known game player and heartbreaker, took one look at Chuck and fell so damn hard, you could have heard it all the way to Christopher Street. You've probably seen Stu before. Remember that swarthy, smooth, muscular dancer with the ass of death and the fetching features of a present-day version of Mephistopheles? The twinkle in those jade-green eyes of his, as he ran his big hands over that baby-oiled torso, shook that incredibly edible ass, and dared you to park your dollar bills, and maybe a few fingers, into his straining G-string. Yeah, that guy. Stu won several amateur competitions at most of the local Metro City bars. He never really needed the extra cash the prize money brought. He just did it as a lark. By day he worked as a land consultant for a large information brokerage company and made a hefty salary. But Stu liked to treat life the same way he liked to play with that oversized cock of his in his performances for the pleasure of men. The mutually smitten couple of Stu and Chuck had a whirlwind romance for two years that was so sweet it had all of us fighting our gag reflexes on a fairly regular basis. They became permanently joined at the hip, so that on the few rare occasions they ventured out, you'd never see one without the other. 
Then came a nasty turn. Stu was killed. He was flying his twin-engine Piper Cub in the Colorado Rockies, when met not so cute with the craggy surface of one of the peaks. It took a recovery team nearly a week to reach the crash site. His body was never found. After the funeral, and once Stu's considerable assets had been administered through his estate, Chuck virtually dropped off of the face of the earth. His phone was disconnected, he quit his job, and none of the instructors at the body zone, his second home, saw him for about a month. The Chuck that greeted me last weekend with a listless wave and a whisper of a smile was anything but the cheery, vibrant stud muffin I was used to seeing. His boyish face was pale and drawn, his beard was one hairy mess. The gray sweats he had fumbled into billowed on his usually husky, meaty frame, as if Chuck had lost quite a bit of weight very quickly. I nearly dropped the draft beer I was drawing when he dragged himself up to the counter. Hey Jack, he said in a cracked voice. Jesus, I cried out in shock. Chuck, you vanished into thin air. Everyone was worried. Where the hell have you been? You look like shit. Chuck motioned to tell me he wanted a mug of beer. One mug was followed by another. I once knew the difference between fantasy and reality, he said, the empty mug in his trembling hand. If I can still tell the difference, I want to be able to drown that skill here tonight. Taking the mug out of his hand, I took Chuck to the back storage room, easing him onto a stack of boxes. We haven't seen you since the funeral, and you haven't tried to get in touch with anybody. Tell me what's wrong. He suddenly burst into tears, great heaving sobs shaking him to the core as he collapsed into my arms. My fantasies came true as I felt his body pressed against mine. But it was hardly the time to think about how many boners I'd sprung anticipating this moment. Chuck stammered as he spoke. His sobs descending into sniffles, I couldn't imagine what life would be like without Stu. I didn't want to imagine it, didn't want to know. But it hurts so bad, Jack. So goddamn bad. To walk through that empty house, and come across something that belonged to him, or remember the way he'd stood by a window, or laughed at some lame joke I'd made. All I could do was nod to show my support. I wanted to be his sympathetic ear, but I had to bite my tongue when I heard what he said next. It started happening, about a week and a half after the funeral. One night, I dreamed about that vacation stew and I took in the Catskills a couple of years back, about how we made love up in the mountains, how we sat there and I held him in my arms while we watched the sunset. Chuck paused, hugging himself as if he were hugging his lost lover, his eyes closed, tears streaming down his face as he relived that beautiful memory. For one moment, he almost had me bawling, too. I dreamed about Stu. I wished with all my heart that he was here with me, that he wouldn't leave me alone. And that one day Stu would come back for me somehow. And suddenly Chuck looked at me, eyes wide and scary. He whispered to me. And that's what has happened. I got my wish. He came back. Whoa, 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 wait a minute, time out. I laughed nervously, shaking my head. Let me see if I follow. Are you trying to tell me that you wished Stu back from the afterlife, and now he's here? There's more, Chuck moaned, clutching at my arm as if he were grabbing for the last shreds of his sanity, which I could totally believe he was. Stu told me he wants me to go with him. And I don't want to die, man, but I love him so much. The next time he comes for me, I just might go.
taking Chuck by his wide shoulders and giving them a reassuring squeeze. I said to him, now hear this, sailor. This is not a request, and it's not a drill. It's a direct order from the captain, no arguments. I'm going to buy you dinner after the shift, and then we're going back to my place, where you will shit, shower, shave and sleep. Then tomorrow, we are going to get you some capable help. I'm not leaving you alone tonight, and that's final. His body seemed to finally relax with relief, as he deferred to me. Once back at my apartment building, I guided him the three flights of stairs up to my place. As soon as we were inside, I grabbed a towel for him from the linen closet, shoved it into his hands, and pushed him in the direction of my bathroom. One half-hour long shower later, Chuck came out wrapped in the towel, still groggy, but looking a lot more like the Chuck I knew and lusted after. A few pounds lighter, that lean, WWF wrestler's bod was still intact, and I wondered if it might be a good idea to make a glass of ice water in the kitchen to stick my dick in. Cursing and scolding my overactive libido, I folded down the sleeper sofa and threw on some sheets. I gave Chuck one of my old college workout shorts to sleep in. Big mistake. While they were baggy on me, they hugged his generous cakes like a second skin, so when he flopped down on the sofa and fell asleep almost immediately, those luscious, cotton-covered mounds beckoned like fresh grapefruits, desperate to be squeezed and eaten. I forced myself back to my room, for the comfort of my left hand and a porn video. More tired than I thought I was, as soon as my head hit the pillow, I was deep asleep. Very early into Saturday morning I heard sounds coming from my living room. I guess that is what woke me up. The little creaks the sofa made, the low murmurs and growls, the occasional sound of a hand slapping hot flesh, there was no mistaking what all that added up to. I glanced at the clock on my nightstand. It said 3.30. Some unprompted voice in the back of my brain whispered that 3.30 in the morning was the time that Chuck had received the phone call about Stu's crash. Chuck may have been a friend in need and I wasn't going to take advantage of him, but who said I couldn't watch a hot stud jerking off while he watched a video on my TV and maybe bust a nut or two myself. Very quietly, I opened my door a crack and peeked out into my living room. I tried to make sense of what I was seeing. There was no video. The TV was turned off. I saw Chuck on his back, naked, legs up in the air as if someone were plowing his ass pretty good. He supported his head with one hand, while the other was where he might have been stroking and grabbing at the back of the top who was fucking him. But there was nothing there. The sofa faces my living room window, which opens out onto the street. There was a beautiful, full August moon out, which I hadn't had the chance to notice before. The curtains were only drawn partway, allowing a wide shaft of moonlight to spill over the writhing body of my friend. Clouds that had temporarily blocked the moon began to drift away, and the lunar rays flooded into my living room suddenly and dramatically. When I saw what my brain was having trouble believing, I felt my heart palpitate wildly with a thrill of lust. An adrenaline-laced terror. The moonlight clearly revealed the figure of a man on top of Chuck, their bodies fitting together snugly and even poetically. I thought I saw a face buried in Chuck's neck, his strong shoulders supporting Chuck's legs as his hips pistoned with fluid grace into that beautiful, willing ass. One big hand was nestled in the space between their bellies, and I could see the muscles in the ghostly stranger's forearm working as he pumped Chuck's meaty cock to the same rhythm he used to plow into him. The shadowy figure raised his ghostly head and kissed Chuck. 
With his eyes closed, Chuck's face was a mixed mask of fear, lust, and joy at the familiarity of the sensations he was feeling. Chuck responded by opening his mouth to kiss the ghost. In that eerie glow, those Mephistophelian features were unmistakable. His picture was still on the mantelpiece at the house. Him standing in front of the gleaming new Harley that Chuck had bought him on his birthday, almost a year to the day before the plane crash. That giant, big-dicked stud in tight leather pants and engineer boots, leather jacket opened to reveal that smooth, sculpted chest beneath it. His bearded face grinning from ear to ear. That devilish, mischievous twinkle in his startling green eyes. Chuck had spoken the honest truth to me in the storage room at the bar. Stu really had come back from the dead. Then, the ghost spoke to me. The voice I heard didn't so much resonate in my ears as it did inside my screwed-up head. Didn't your mama tell you it's not polite to stare? Come on over here and join the party I've started. I watched in dumb horror as my bare feet began to move toward the living room without my brain ever having asked them to. For a moment I had a clear and terrible vision of my feet separating from my legs with a single, bloodless tug. It felt like pulling apart large pieces of warm taffy while the taffy walked on into oblivion against my will. Stu looked every bit as hot as he had been before the plane crash. If anything, his encounter with the other side made him look better than when he was alive. His eyes gave off a smoky, moonlit jade twinkle. The ghost said, What are you doing just standing there, man? Get the fuck out of your shorts. You want a piece of this great ass, don't you? I shook my head to indicate I was not willing. You are so full of shit, Stu Spectre sniped. You spend too much fucking time thinking about having what you want. You should go for what you want. Life's too short for that crap. Take it from somebody who found that out. I told Stu without actually speaking the words, Chuck loves you more than life itself, and if you weren't fucking with his head like this, I'd show him how much I really care about him. The ghost, or presence, or whatever the hell you want to call it stopped for a moment, looking down at Chuck, with a kind of gaze that was totally alien to Stu's face when he was alive. The emotion hit the ghost like a lightning bolt, hooking him through his heart and his balls. Stu's ghost felt compassion. That's what it was. Then the ghost said, Chuck can feel me. I can make him feel me, but I can't feel him. Chuck can see me, but he's afraid to look, because of what I am now. But he can't let me go. Any more than I could leave Chuck. Don't you see that? I told you we had it bad for each other. I didn't just mean in life. For me, life without him would have been nothing. And now in death it is no different. My reply to him was angry and concerned. I'm worried, Stu. Worried that he'll do something stupid, like off himself. Do you want that? For God's sake, Stu, just go. You need to go back to where you came from and leave Chuck in peace. In time, somebody else will love him, take care of him, you'll see. He'll always have you in his heart. There's just no way you can stay here with him. The ghost reached out to stroke Chuck's face tenderly. Chuck moaned, his own hand grasping at the specters and guiding it over his cheek, to his lips, where he kissed the transparent fingers. Before I could stop it, the ghost had grabbed my hand which felt numb with an electric tingle, like when your arm or leg falls asleep. He took my hand and placed my hand in one of Chuck's, clasping them together tightly. There is a way, 
I heard Stu say to me. Chuck clutched Stu's taut biceps tightly, crying out his name as he felt the huge, pistoning cock inside him swell and explode, the molten load bursting forth and splashing his prostate, triggering his own prodigious orgasm as his cock spewed hot cream all over. Spent at last, Stu collapsed on top of Chuck. The ghost's bearded face glowing with a post-orgasmic smile of contentment. His lips closed over one of Chuck's tender nipples, kissing it softly. Chuck embraced the big man, pulling his weight and warmth even further into his own body. You know I'm never gonna leave you, the ghost murmured to Chuck. Don't you dare, Chuck muttered, already more than half asleep. The first light of the day streamed into the window through the open curtains. On the sleeper sofa, Chuck yawned widely as he enjoyed a languorous stretch, his arms coming down to embrace the warm, solid, well-muscled form on top of him. Chuck tentatively opened his eyes. Jack was all Chuck had the strength to ask. I may as well have been fastened to Chuck's body with super glue for as little as he stirred. What the hell, man? Were we drunk? Did you? Did I? Did we? I allowed myself to open my eyes. Chuck gasped as he stared at my face. What's going on? He asked, as I guessed he'd probably seen something there for a quick second. Not a thing, baby. Not a thing. Just go back to sleep. We can talk about everything later, over breakfast. As he snuggled deeper into me, my arms wrapped around him, I couldn't contain the smile that seemed to envelop both our bodies. Or the brilliant specks of jade green sparkling in my once baby blue eyes. Thank you for listening to Moonlight written by Don Norman. You can listen to more narrated stories by visiting the website, tabootruthsandtales.net. Thanks again.